I think it goes deep into my um, ancestry. My relatives lived here even before the state was formed. I had relatives that actually migrated here and lived here and utilized the wild rice and kind of more or less nature's garden that exists right around us. Welcome back to The Simple Plate, tales of local food produced by local people. David Wise created a small business on land his family's been farming for generations, out near Sawyer, and he is all about health. A favorite saying of his grandmother provided their mission statement, Mino Mashkiki in Ojibwe means good medicine. Farming techniques are designed to keep the soil, water, and the rest of the ecosystem healthy, and growing healthy foods in healthy ways is paramount. My grandmother taught me that good food is good medicine, says David. And if that's the case, this native-owned business that creates jobs, too, is doing its share to make the entire community healthier. We're right near the Wild Rice Lake here um, in the community of Sawyer. I converted an old hay field over to create kind of a food farm. We got a deer fence around it, so we don't use any kind of herbicides or pesticides. And we grow a lot of heirloom variety vegetables. But this year we we expanded our um, actual vegetable part of our garden, just kind of thinking about these uncertain times that we're living in right now and wanting to have plenty of food for ourselves and just maybe making some more available for the community. Um, we usually give food away to some of the to elders and, and some family members that help out with the gardens and stuff too. But so we kind of expanded it. We started partnering with Indigenous First, a gift shop that's run by the ECO in, in, in downtown Duluth. And they just started a, a 4th Street food market. It was like every weekend or every other weekend. And then that was just about the time the the pandemic hit. My wife kind of followed up on that with them, and and we decided to grow some vegetables in hopes that they would be able to utilize them. And sure enough, they helped us develop this CSA concept. So we we didn't know really how much extra vegetables we'd have this year because we didn't really have a definite plan but we ended up um, having a really good growing season and I think we're up to like around 30 boxes that we provide weekly now. I think it puts people into a mindset of survival you know you got to think about how am I going to survive if I can't find food at the grocery store and I think the more we can be independent or food sovereign grow our own food and if we can do that locally it's a win-win for not only the the um, environment, but the people that are eating it, it's healthier, it's fresher. We try to use healthy soil growing techniques with cover crops. And and like I said, we don't use any herbicides or pesticides, so it's a lot of work. We have been able to employ some of the local community people, and my wife does a lot of the, a lot of the garden work as well. So she was laughing the other day because we have a chicken tractor, which is a which is a pin that you can pull around the field. And she said she was putting the chickens to work, eating up all the weeds and and, uh, grass where she's going to have her beds for next year. So they're actually fertilizing the ground 
work smarter, not harder. And the chickens love to eat all the clover and everything, and that's healthy for them as well. I'd like to make some narrower pens to be able to do in between the rows so that on the weekend maybe I can go fishing instead of weed the garden. I think it goes deep into my um, ancestry. My relatives lived here even before the state was formed and probably before the reservation was formed. I had relatives that that actually migrated here and lived here and utilized the wild rice and kind of more or less nature's garden that exists right around us. My grandmother would always plant a a vegetable garden and she would save her seeds every year and then my mom and dad did the same thing they raised chickens and and they had a small dairy farm so they more or less lived off the land back then you know and my my grandfather actually raised green beans as a um, contract for some larger company that would wholesale the beans and then i think he did experimented with potatoes and different things but i i went i went off to college and uh Got my four-year degree in, in actually in natural resource and, and agriculture management, and then I, I I came back home and I guess I guess I really just enjoy working, you know, working on the land and being part of the ecosystem in a way, you know, not trying to make it into some heavy production thing, but to enhance those those resources that are there for us. We have a lot of good, healthy soil and water here in this area that we're blessed with. And, you know, my relatives would burn the berry patches. We still we still do prescribe, kind of do a prescribed burn on our little local berry patch to kind of enhance that. But however you can work with nature, not against it, I think is, is a good thing. Back in the day, it was there wasn't no grocery store or nothing like that. People actually survived from the land, you know. I think you're as healthy as, as can be if you eat that good, clean food that, that's there available for us, you know, if we if we know what we're looking for. I love to get out there and just, especially if there's a nice breeze, the bugs aren't bad. It's pretty peaceful just to be out there watching nature and watching how the plants grow. And we have um, two young children that get out there with us and help, and they're learning about. They're so excited when a tomato turns from green to red or they see something changing out there in the in the environment. My son was telling me the other day. He said, "Oh, it's time. It's going to be time for hunting when these leaves turn color." You know, because he he's always asking me he wants to go hunting, and I tell him we can't hunt until a little later when the when the leaves turn color. So he remembers all those things that you that you instill into him. You know, the name of our business actually comes from my grandmother. She would she would say that food is medicine and good food is medicine and so that's how we came up with our Ojibwe name of Minomashkiki that means good medicine in Ojibwe. I think a lot of people really love those heirloom varieties that we grew so we're kind of keeping some notes on that on like which ones do well have done really well for us every year will be a little different but depending on the weather and different things. We have five acres that we fenced off with a deer fence so we're planning on keeping a real diversified set of plants in there. We're, we're actually planting a few more apple trees. We planted some different kind of grapes this year to see how they'll do. So we'd like to expand the operation a little bit. We kind of cut back on the hemp. We're growing just enough hemp for our own products. We're not interested in just growing like a monoculture of one thing. So we're kind of trying to keep a real diversified plant community out there. You can listen to this conversation again 
online at KUMD.org under the Northland Morning tab, where you can also leave comments or questions. This episode of The Simple Plate was written and produced at KUMD by Lisa Johnson, with music from Andy Halleck and Polo, and support provided by the Whole Foods Co-op of Duluth. The Simple Plate is also located wherever you find your podcasts, so you can take us with you when you go out to eat or share us with your friends and family.